All right. <clears throat> Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast. This is a pod. Oh, hold on. My volume is way. Blooper reel. Blooper reel. Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast. This is a podcast. It is. It's for anybody who's interested in reinventing what education is. My name is Rob McLeod and joined as always by the illustrious Brendan O'Leary. How are you, Brendan? I'm fine, Rob. Fine. Feeling healthy? Pretty healthy. Pretty healthy. Well, I had quite a lot to drink yesterday, so not that healthy. However, generally mm. in a in a in a holistic way, once the hangover's gone, I'll be at least at normal human levels of health. Yourself? I think my social health is improving. Uh, moved to a new country less than a year ago and still just kind of putting down roots here. Physically, I'm now doing 15 minutes of exercise every day because I'm one of those people either goes hard and I'm going to the gym five, six days a week for like an hour at a time or else I'm not working out for three months and just eating chips on the couch, telling myself I need to get back into going to the gym. So rather than three months on, three months off, I'm doing 15 minutes every day. And so far, uh, I'm none the wiser for it. But I, I've been feeling so good. Far I've done, so far, I've done 15 minutes. <laughs> Once. I, I'm keeping up my running. I do. I have a regular running regime for the health and uh, eat fairly healthily and um, social, socially, you know, try to chat, banter with the people. Let's see the quadrant, Rob. What am I missing? Do I have good systems and structures in place? Yes, you better believe it. How about Put environmental health? Do, yeah, you've got a dark bedroom. You've got uh, places that aren't physically draining your energy. No, you know what, Rob, actually. So we're in an apartment now, and we've got some good curtains in our apartment. However, we're in, this, like, we're in a Japanese-style apartment, um, which would be weird if we weren't in Japan, but we are, so it's, it's, that's okay. And uh, the light is managing to creep through around the door, and there's these giant crows. Have you ever seen Japanese crows? They're like the size of chickens. And uh, they're outside our house apartment, screaking and squawking at, at like 5 a.m. So, Like Hitchcock's The Birds? Like The Birds, but you know, not as many, but enough. And uh, yeah, so that, that does disturb my sleep a little. So, um, But if you're sleeping, they won't wake you up. But it's like... They you know. know. They know. They're, they're, very, they're very kind in that way. <laughs> but if you're awake, they go for it. So there is that thing to work on, but I, I have, um, I've just recently purchased a whole bunch of uh, weapons, nunchucks, um, so I'm going to be throwing those out of the window at the crows, so don't worry. We'll, That's an we'll expensive solution, single-use nunchucks. Single-use nunchucks, I, uh, the, once, once the sofa and TV were, were gone, there was uh, no other choice but to go for a dangerous A cheaper weapons. alternative. A cheaper alternative. This is a podcast for anybody who's... <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gone past that. If you're still with us, if you're still with us God help you. You're, you're part of our niche. If you're still with us, <laughs> you've, pa you've passed the list, Miss Test. Today, we want to discuss health. And I don't really... I, before we started talking, we were discussing why are we talking about health? Because this episode will pay off down the road. But maybe you could tell the folks at home, Brennan O'Leary, why are we starting in an educational podcast? Why are we talking about the concept of health? So we, we, uh, we're working our way through this concept. We started with the values 
and the schools operate under four uh, kind of frames of reference or, or worldviews, the security, achievement, inclusion, or integration kind of worldview. Then we added the idea of three aims for school. The three aims being occupational preparation, which could include the job market or the next stage of school, um, getting ready to be a member of the citizenry, so citizenship and self-development, those being the three aims of school. And then recently we've introduced this idea of there being four perspectives. So even if your school's operating from a, a security value, and even if you have a specific aim or more likely a combination of these aims, and on top of those, <laughs> those three aims and those four values, we introduced this idea of the four perspectives. We called them quadrants, which would be, Rob? So the four quadrants, we can talk about the environment, so the actual physical space, as well as the systems that are used to organize the education. We can talk about the activities, so what is being done. We can also talk about the resources, so the actual materials, things, people that are involved in the education. We can also talk about the communities, so the various overlapping groups of people. I'd also talk about the culture, so the kind of shared agreements between those communities of how things are done and, and shared beliefs about the way that things are. And finally, the last quadrant deals with two aspects of the beliefs of people, so individuals' internal beliefs, their personal narratives, their stories, their, um, their personally held beliefs, and as well the reactions. So their actual individual experience, the phenomenology of education. And of course, going back to this essence of education being the giving and receiving of systematic instruction. And at its core, that's what education is, the giving or receiving of systematic instruction. And then we kind of wrap all kinds of stuff around that concept with these four quadrants and these eight aspects of school. And so we got to this point in our kind of investigation of, I guess, trying to build a model for thinking about uh, the development of education, moving towards an integration uh, value. And what became clear is that it was possible to have a positive or a negative version of any of these things. So if you are an inclusion value school, there's elements of that that could be very positive and could be healthy for your community. But there's also elements, obviously, within anything that could be unhealthy. Um, what generally tends to happen is if, if you're operating from one of these values and you're in that worldview, say an achievement value, you may view the other values as not positive or right for you. And we'll, we'll definitely looking more into that idea, but we want to look into the idea that actually your own value, your own worldview has its own healthy and unhealthy state. So each value can potentially be healthy or unhealthy, but to be able to talk about what a healthy version of security or inclusion is, we have to kind of define what we mean by health. So we're gonna just take a, a short, a kind of parallel detour into the world of health to kind of set up what we mean by that word, as it's going to be very important in the next five or six episodes. Before we can aim to define health in the four school systems or the four values that we see impacting education, it might be a good idea to define health more broadly in a general sense. So the World Health Organization 
currently defines health as not merely the absence of disease or infirmity, but a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being with the ability to adapt and manage physical, mental, and social challenges. So there's a whole lot there. Let's go back through that one more time. So it's not simply the absence of disease or infirmity. So it's not like a black and white, like you're not ill or you're not sick. That doesn't define health. Currently, according to the World Health Organization, it's a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being with the ability to adapt and manage physical, mental, and social challenges. So traditionally, health was seen as more of a state of normal function. It was something that was your resting state. You were healthy, but then from time to time, that could be disrupted by disease, illness, some kind of unfortunate event. Therefore, under the newer definition, a person with a physical disability could still be defined as healthy. This evolving definition of health is in alignment with the definition of humanity that is increasing in complexity. As we begin to have a more nuanced understanding of ourselves and a narrative about who we are, our concept of health has evolved along with that. It also fits in logically with our idea of the quadrants or the four perspectives. We've introduced those in earlier episodes and just mentioned them a moment ago. You're welcome to go back and listen to some of those episodes. The essence here is that we can analyze any idea from the internal as well as the external and from the individual and from the collective. So to recap, health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being with the ability to adapt and manage challenges. Given this definition, we can now apply it not only to the individual, but also use this to analyze the health of a value in a community. I think that the World Health Organization, as is their business, seem to have a pretty good handle on it. This idea of, yeah, it's not just disease. It's being able physically, mentally, and socially to adapt to your surroundings. It's about responding and adapting and managing your situation. Yeah, well, I like it because it gets more nuanced because it's not simply talking about physical health, which I'll be honest, when we began this discussion, that's where my mind kept jumping to. But of course, it also mentions mental health, but not just the physical and mental health of the individual, but also the social well-being of the individual. So their connection to the larger group and me being a quadrants nerd, a perspectives nerd, I absolutely love that because you've got the sort of upper right quadrant of the physical health of the individual. You've got their upper left quadrant mental health of the individual and their lower left social well-being. And all three of these aspects of the individual are then referenced or in relationship to that kind of lower right quadrant to some degree of, hey, what environment and what contexts are you in? And are you able to adapt and manage any of the challenges that arise in your surroundings? So I like that it, it ties together both the individual, the social aspect of us, and also those things in relationship to the world. So I think this is a much more holistic definition of health than I would have had walking in. Fancy that, that I'm not smarter than the World Health Organization mm. when it comes to defining what health is. But I think, I think we generally have a decent handle on physical health. Mental health is clearly becoming more something that is spoken about. And we are, as a society, beginning, I think, to have more of a discussion, remove stigmas 
related to mental health and have a healthier discussion on uh, states of mind and, and how to um, how to deal with the challenges that this more complex world do are, are opening our minds to. Um, I think one thing that maybe people have not, and I don't think I have spent much time thinking about this, of what social health might be. Obviously, it's friends, it's family, but beyond that, tell me a little bit of your take on your understanding of what this idea of social health might mean. I think we're starting to see it enter our larger social or public discourse through its absence, or rather, I think we're beginning to talk about this from the unhealthy social side or a lack of social well-being. And I think a lot of critiques about things like social media are where entry points to this conversation come in. So what do I mean by that? Well, you hear a lot of critiques about how um, there's a lot of really negative mental health issues surrounding uh, things like Instagram, for example. Now, I'm not jumping back to the mental health part here, but to connect back to the social part. Part of our social well-being is our sense of our place in the society. Part of our social well-being is our, our sense of connection to a group. And things like social media can, they don't have to, but often do have the effect where we begin to notice maybe what we're lacking but others have. And perhaps we don't feel so much apart or, or to be a, in good standing socially. So one aspect of, I think, social well-being is our own, in, our own sense of where we are in the larger social situation. But, of course, it doesn't just stop there. It also comes down to just, like, we, <laughs> we're social beings. We're social monkeys. There's some aspect of us that needs connection with, with others, whether that's intellectual, emotional, physical, we need, we need to feel like we are part of a group, part of a tribe, that others care about us, that we care about others. Because without that, there's a huge part of this human experience that is vacant or void within us and ultimately leaves us quite dissatisfied. And, you know, try and go through a day and not experience social interaction or the negative effects of a lack of social interaction for those of us who maybe do stay cooped up, you know, on our screens or whatever. There's just something fundamental about humans that we interact with each other and whether we do or whether we don't, that has a huge impact on our overall well-being. And we face social challenges and our ability to adapt and manage those challenges is a huge part of who we are. And in our context of school, we will come back to these. We've already talked about mental health issues in school. We regularly read about physical health and this social, as you've just touched on, within school context, these ideas of social media and social interactions are absolutely huge. So we will have no shortage of things to look at as we move on. We are all individuals and it goes without saying that this healthy state is a positive thing and this is what we are aiming for so this idea of being able to adapt and face any challenges in all of those three spheres the physical mental and social is an ideal within a human so the next step that we are aiming to do as we are looking at communities and the people who are inside those communities is then to look at this concept of community health which is where 
we do start to get into new realms, I think. Perhaps a simplified version of this is just to simply say, health being a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. I like this because it separates how your body can be doing well, but that doesn't necessarily mean the mental aspect of you or your social side is doing well. Just as you can have great mental health, but perhaps your physical or your social well-being are off. Or you can be lacking physical and mental health, but still have a fairly healthy social aspect to your life. So I like that this has been delineated, I guess, in a sense. And we, I think, have a little bit more nuance here to assess the physical well-being, the mental well-being, and the social well-being of ourselves, and then see how our health in those three different areas is related to our ability to adapt and manage or simply put, just live our lives and face challenges. I think it's a key point that the that balance of the three and the way they interact with each other is key. A community or an individual can only really be defined as healthy if they have health in all of those areas and it's in balance and, and in alignment with their worldview. So... <laughs> If we move on now to uh, maybe a definition of community health, it's a little bit trickier. This is a this is a new, a relatively new field in social science that focuses on the maintenance, protection, and improvement of the health status of population groups. Now, I've been in schools for a long time where we've talked about healthy schools, but it is essentially always focused on the healthy eating and exercise of students. We mean a much wider definition of community health here. So health being that state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, uh, we don't want to just restrict ourselves to looking at the individual. We need to look at every person who is in that school community or the wider community and how they interact. So a community being an interacting group of people with a, a common characteristic, how can we assess the health of an entire school or an entire community. Well, the World Health Organization defines uh, community health as environmental, social, and economic resources that would sustain emotional and physical well-being among the people in ways that advance their aspirations and satisfy their needs in their unique environment. Go back and read that one slowly because there's All a right. lot of pieces there. The World Health Organization defines community health as environmental, social and economic resources that sustain emotional and physical well-being among people in ways that advance their aspirations and satisfy their needs in their unique environment. Now, a community health status is determined by these characteristics of the environment, um, such as the social cohesion of the community, shelter, education, food, income, stable environmental ecosystem, sustainable resources, social justice and equity. These are all parts that were defined by the Conference on Health Promotion in Ottawa. Now as such, a healthy community continually creates and improves on their environment and expands its resources such that these prerequisites for health are provided and all citizens of the community move towards that broad definition of health. That is a dense set <laughs> of sentences right there, Rob. You want to start making some sense of that? Oh, I was hoping that you would help me go back through this. Let, so let's go back to this definition because 
The WHO defines community health as environmental, social, and economic resources. Let's just even pause there. So here, I guess the way already that you measure health is through the measurement of these resources. Is that fair? And I think, yeah, well, further down, it essentially says that you have access to all these resources. And that's a very broad definition of resources, as in everything to do with education, all of your basic societal needs are met and sustainability and, and so forth. So, yeah, this this concept of resources. So if, if we if we yeah, if we strip this down, I'm going to try and just do like simple Rob McLeod talk here as if I was explaining it to like five-year-old version of me. Basically, you have the stuff you need to do what you need to and what you want to. Is that fair? You've got the stuff. You've got the environmental, social, and economic resources. You've got the Essentially, stuff. Essentially, you've got, you've got the stuff um, that sustains those emotional and physical emotional well-being. Emotional and physical well-being. Well, All right. So it, we're we keep our emotional and physical well-being going. I'm going to simplify that to just say what you need and what you want, like the, the physical needs, the emotional needs, but let's say even a level above needs, including wants as well, um, because the reason you've got this is in order to advance their aspirations and satisfy their needs in the unique environment. You got the stuff to do what you have to and what you want to. That's community health. Yeah, with the assumption that if you do those things, they will sustain your emotional, physical well-being, which is not a given in a in a city, community, whatever, that the things we want and need are going to make us healthy. So there is this underlying idea that health will be promoted within that community. And I guess this is where we would begin to tie this back into our narrative of the values. And we won't get into that today. We'll get into that in our next episode. But it's interesting we talk about uh, advancing their aspirations and satisfying their needs in their unique environment. Because the key here is, if you get people from the four different values we've spoken about, of security, achievement, inclusion, and integration, they're going to have different aspirations. And they're going to have some of the same needs for sure, but they're certainly going to have some different wants. So their aspirations, their wants, and their needs are going to be defined completely differently across those four values. And this is why we're talking about health, because unless we point this out, we kind of don't get to the core of the operating system of each of these values. Is that fair to say, O'Leary? Yeah, it's only by being explicit uh, that we have these wants, these needs in our environment and our social, physical and um, mental status is going to play a, a vital role in what those needs and wants are, how we get them and whether they actually make us better, happier, increase well-being. So for me to wrap up here, I just want to go back and compare the definition for individual health with the definition for community health. So the individual health definition was a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being with the ability to adapt and manage challenges. And as far as the community health goes, it's having the environmental, social, and economic resources that sustain, I guess, across the board, emotional and physical well-being among the people in that community or group, and in ways that advance their aspirations and satisfy their needs in their unique environment. So essentially, 
in both, you've got the stuff or the resources, the gumption that allows you to adaptively engage with the challenges in your environment. Yeah, and I guess the community one is is adding that extra little bit that we've already got built into our kind of mindset that unless you have these, um, the social, mental and physical within yourself and everybody in your environment has it, it's not going to be a healthy community. There is a possibility, a small one, that you might be smiling and you might be feeling pretty good while Rome burns, but we don't subscribe to that mindset. It's that the long-term health of yourself is integral to the community and vice versa, which is as we move this forward into schools, we will be looking at how every single individual we're looking at meeting their needs, having everyone in the in the community as healthy as possible. But beyond that, the whole environment, the whole ecosystem is working to get those resources to continue this system, to sustain it and to expand it. Yeah, we have education. We have the giving and receiving of systematic instruction and we wrap around that are four quadrants and those four quadrants then bring communities and bring structures and bring individuals into play and the health of those individuals the health of those communities the health of those systems the health of those activities all of those things either support or take away from that values ability to carry out that instruction in the way that it thinks is the the best way to go about it so th there is a lot here o'leary and without going into what we'll talk about next time, essentially what we're saying is each of these values does have a healthy version. Each value has an unhealthy version. And we want to distinguish those healthy babies from that unhealthy bathwater so we can begin to have a more nuanced discussion about education because no one has a 100% monopoly on the truth here. There's no one value that has it all figured out and is the best possible thing across all places and all contexts and in all situations. So we want to shift the conversation and education away from what's typically very black and white. This is the way to do it. This isn't. This is best practice. This isn't. Towards at least pointing out that in different times, different places, different approaches have advantages over others. I'm really looking forward to unpacking this idea. I will briefly mention what we're going to do in the next episode, which is to start looking at how a value itself or a mindset can generally be healthy or unhealthy. We've set up the context now of what health is. Now let's imagine you have a strong security mindset. What would health and unhealth look like? <laughs>
is what spreads it back. Oh, that's not. I think ripped out, ripped out of the headlines from the Wigan Wigan, Wigan Evening paper. Post. Alrighty, good episode there, Robbie. Like, I'll have to listen back myself to try to kind of Maybe. work out what we were, what the heck heckers we were talking about. But uh, hopefully, some of our listeners uh, got something out of that, and you know, communicate with us on the social media and try and uh, you know ask us some questions and help us to unpick our way through this kind of knotty issue. It's um, as you can probably see, this is new to us and we're trying to work out exactly what this model looks like. Um, so all feedback and help, welcome. Trying to brainstorm, edit and revise our own thinking. I think after episode 100, we're just going to write a book and we've been painstakingly taking people through our process to figure out what on earth we would actually put in those chapters. I think I'm saying that partially facetiously. I think at times, it, I can feel it as we're recording. Like this is new for us. We are, we've got it, but it's like it's still forming as we're saying this. But this isn't useless. The the people we've discussed this with in person, who are interested in this, have found this not only fascinating but insanely practical. And to me, that's why I think even if you and I get off in the weeds every now and then figuring out exactly how to say some of these things. The proof's in the pudding, O'Leary. For myself, I think for you, as we've started to apply this into our work in schools, and as others we've spoken to have started to, it's so elegant, for lack of a better word. It's this model just helps to have things make more sense and allow us more nuance in terms of how we're thinking about things, how we're engaging with things, how we're relating with others, and how we are organizing ourselves. So I'm facetious that at times I think you and I are still figuring this out, but at the same time, what we're putting together here is new, but it's not just new and novel. It's new and I think really the Rosetta Stone, the missing piece in our larger conversations about education. All righty, Rob. I'll do well. I'll say goodbye now, and then we've still actually got eight minutes to talk. So, uh, end of the podcast. It's a good thing you let the listeners know that it's a fake end because we I, we got till eight forty five when I got to go get the kids ready for bed. Although tomorrow actually no school because we get a day off mm -hmm. because of the international festival. Fun times. Honk 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 honk. Rock and roll. Yeah. Well. Rob. Brennan O'Leary, thanks for this discussion. Thanks, Rob. The end. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> we hope this episode has been interesting. If you want to connect, we're on Twitter, or you can join our private Facebook group just searching Reinventing Education Podcast. Request, and we'll let you in. We're kind of building a community there. So far, it's kind of been sharing news stories that reinforce our narrative about the four values competing against one another in education, but let's see if we want to organize to do more than that there. Feel free to pass this episode on to others who give a damn about what's going on in education. From Brendan and myself, attention is a valuable thing these days. Thanks for having some of yours on what we're saying. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording now. A, a potato gun, one of those little guns that uses um, hairspray, ro rolled up little bits of t toilet paper, and you shoot.
ineffectual. Through a straw. Through a straw. 4 a.m. on the balcony with a straw. Trying to pick off the crows. Chicken-sized crows. Ah, ah. This is all staying in. What are we talking about today, Rob? Giant bird enthusiast and weird, weird, all-around weirdo. Educational weirdo. I'm just going to pass it on to you because I won't be able to remember all those things. And on the old state basically said that if you had disease, you were... You weren't that sick. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. Wigan Post and Chronicle. Post and Chronicle! Post and Chronicle! This fellow used to work on the market. Like a fellow on the market would, uh, that would why he'd be shouting every, every, he's probably still there. He's 150 years old. Post and Chronicle! Post and Chronicle! Did he have the no, newspapers? he was just a fan. Just a fan. For sale. Yeah, and I th- like I think our episodes are just degenerating in, into a mess. This is no longer a podcast. This is this is you and I just patient. Big up, big up to me and Rob. Then we're the best. Big up to Brendan O'Leary. Big up to Rob do, McLeod. Do it. Doing best. stuff that the you people bests. can't do and need help with. You're lucky we're here. We're wipe, here. wipe your bottoms. We are. Wipe your dirty pooey. Wipe your bottoms, baby, keep you your fed. little baby bottoms. Little baby ed- ed- edgy bottoms. Be <laughs> edible bottoms. It's all in the movie. It's all staying in the movie. 